When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, 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 Run it back, nation. What is good? Sixers sickos. What is good? Watching a Sixers Bulls game during a Monday night Eagles Seahawks game is just absolute psycho behavior, but we just can't help ourselves. Uh, shout out to everybody in here. Shout out to everybody for hanging out in the playback stream. Uh, these post game lives are live on YouTube. If you're here, if you're brand new, consider hitting the subscribe button. We do post game lives after every single Sixers game. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, give us a review. And if you don't listen on there yet and you didn't know, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in crystal clear audio form. Uh, after every single Sixers game. So show us some love on there. Uh, I got some bills to pay first, and then I'm going to give you all of my thoughts. All right, hang tight. Before we get into the show, let me talk to you about the sponsor of today's show, Aura. Are you tired of constantly receiving spam calls to the point where you don't even answer your phone anymore? This is mine just recently. What this is, is data brokers selling your information. It's kind of scary and creepy to think that your information is out there like that. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. Brokers are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it very difficult. Let Aura do it for you. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you can't see. It's very easy to set up and the app does so many things for you, like parental controls, antivirus, VPN, password management, identity theft insurance, and more at one affordable price. Let Aura do the hard work of keeping you safe online so that you can focus on other tasks and peace of mind. You can either let people continue to exploit and profit off your private information, or you can go to Aura.com slash run it back to start your two-week free trial. Click the link in the description to get started. All right, let's get down to business. Shout out to Aura for sponsoring the channel and protecting your identity. Um, What are we? Okay, the Sixers lose to... I can't even believe I'm saying this. I made a video today talking about the next seven games. <laughs> okay, and I skipped right over the Chicago Bulls because I haven't been paying attention to them since Zach Levine sat out or, or is out with an inflamed foot or whatever the hell that is. And the last time I checked on the Bulls, they were 5-10, and 10, all right? Uh, a, a Bulls fan was in the playback chat and was telling me the Bulls have been playing better without Levine, which doesn't shock me. A ball-stopping shot chucker who doesn't play defense. Um, but I'm going to get the award that award out of here uh, early. I am the fraud of the night, okay? I thought the Sixers, with how they have been playing, would take care of the Chicago Bulls rather easily. Now, I know what the narrative is going to be. I jinxed it. Jesus, Jesus, I jinxed it, bro. I know what the narrative is going to be on the internet, that Joel Embiid and the Sixers dominated a bunch of bad teams, and as soon as they played somebody with a little bit of talent, they lost... Uh, and we deserve it. We deserve the smoke that we're about to get. 
And yes, I jinxed it. I thought the Sixers would take care of this team pretty easily. I thought the Bulls were terrible, and uh, that didn't happen. We lost the we we lost the game. We lost the game. I'm sitting here watching this through the second quarter, third quarter, and I'm like, all right, but we're not actually gonna lose the game, right? You're just fucking with me, right, Sixers? You're just fucking around, right? You're not gonna lose the game, right? <laughs> we lose to the Chicago Bulls, one hundred eight to one hundred four. Um, and also the fraud of the night is the 76ers supporting cast outside of Embiid and Maxi. I know uh, there's some things I'm going to say about Embiid. There's some things I'm going to say about, uh, some other players and their performances, but, uh, the, nobody could make a shot the whole night. Okay. Um, I'm going to start there. The Sixers started this game shooting about uh, one, uh, 27% from three in the first half. Uh, Joel Embiid was really the only player on the floor that was having a good game for three quarters. The entire game took a turn for the worst, but for three quarters, Joel Embiid was dominating, and he was the only player on the floor that could do anything. Maxi. Maxi had had some runs. He wasn't he wasn't absolutely horrendous. He was a shot away in the first half from being fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three. So I was probably overreacting a little bit to Maxi in the first half when I was, you know, streaming it live on playback. But uh, Joel was the only one that could do anything in the first half. All right, what do you have? 20, 30 points in the first half again, almost twenty one in the first half. Um, the rest of the team was horrendous in the first half. Joel. In the first half, uh, I forget his stat line, but I remember the supporting cast was 9 for 27 in the first half. So before everybody jumps on Embiid for what he did in the fourth quarter of this game, which was not good, I'm not going to say it was. I do, you know, and I, and I think some people already in the chat coming at Joel and saying, you know, Joel lost us the game or whatever. I need you to have, uh, I need you to get your short-term memory and remember the first half of this game because without Joel Embiid in this game, we get blown out of the water by the Chicago Bulls. Like Joel Embiid was literally keeping us afloat for three quarters and nobody else could do anything. The crazy part about this game is <laughs> Joel gets four fouls. All right. He come nurse holds him out until five minutes. Some people are saying he held him out too long. It was only four, whatever. Joel was absolutely cooking. I mean, he was cooking Vucevic with, with, with hot grease and a spatula. He was cooking. He had a whole barbecue for three quarters. He was putting Vucevic under the rim in the basement. He was in the beer cooler. He was under the building for three quarters. For some reason, that eight minutes that Joel sat out to start the fourth, seven minutes. I don't know what happened, but he came back in the game. First of all, with four fouls, he came back in the game and immediately reached in on a drive and got his fifth foul. I can't figure that one out to save my life. I, that blows my mind why you would come back in the game with four fouls and reach in on a drive and get your fifth foul right away. But... He, he had the jump shot falling all night, all night 
elbow jumper, free throw jumper, baseline, fadeaway. It was just unstoppable for three quarters. And the fourth quarter, I would bet money right now that he didn't shoot a single jump shot. I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter when Joel Embiid came back in the game. For some reason, he was a completely different player. It was like, uh, it was kind of like two, him and so like Joel's on the bench to start the fourth and we needed something. We were down five, we were down four, whatever it was. And I'm screaming, Maxi, this is your time to shine. You need to do something while Joel's on the bench to keep us in it. And Maxi makes a run and he hits some huge threes and he drives in the lane and gets a foul call and gets to the free throw line. And he, he made a, 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 a beautiful step back three on Alex Caruso, maybe the best perimeter defender in all of basketball. So Maxi makes a run and it's almost like Embiid came in and there was like this, you know, when you turn two batteries around and they won't, you know what I'm saying? When you're facing two batteries the wrong way and they won't touch each other. Like it just felt like the energy was two separate things for some reason. Uh, not that either player really did anything that I didn't like. I just did. There was just an odd energy for some reason when Joel Embiid came back in the game. I thought Joel was going to pick up right where he left off, continue smoking Vucevic, and, you know, drop 10 in the fourth and finish with 46 in the Sixers would win. He had 36 points in three quarters, and he finished the game with 40. He had four points in the fourth quarter. He, again, Nurse sat him out until the five-minute mark because he had four fouls, but he came in and he immediately reached in and got his fifth, which is crazy to me, and... He didn't shoot any jump shots in that final five minutes when he had the jump shot falling all night. I wanted a couple of elbow jumpers over Vucevic in crunch time. We're going back and forth, and, you know, we get the ball down there with 13 seconds left. Uh, run the two-man game. Maxi drops it off to Embiid, and he, like, does some kind of halfway hook shot, loses the ball, and kind of tips it off the backboard, and... I mean, the the team started out terrible, and Embiid started out incredible for three quarters, and then f somehow it all switched, and the the supporting cast made runs, and Joel Embiid completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. I <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Uh, shout out to Davon. Schoolboy beats come to the conclusion. The league put the call in from how those reps call. The league is trying their best to keep the Bucks Houston. I'm, I'm not. Thanks for the support, man. As always, I appreciate you supporting the channel. I'm not blaming this one on the refs, man. The Sixers shot an abysmal percentage from three for most of this game. Uh, and really, in my opinion, what I was watching and the refs were horrendous. Don't get me wrong, but they were horrendous for both sides. You know what I mean? Down there in like the final couple of minutes when we were in the bonus, uh, Patrick Williams had like a putback dunk over top of Joel that he, the, the, the ball popped out of the rim, but they called a loose ball foul on Williams. And you see the replay and he really caught the ball with one hand over Joel and almost dunked it in and got called for a loose ball foul somehow. And Joel got two free throws out of it. So really they gave us, I felt like they were calling it a uh, pretty bad on both ends, there was a stretch of plays where the officials called uh, a couple of things that were kind of crazy. I don't even really remember off the top of my head. Um, another play 
that lost the game for us was the foul on Tobias Harris. Now, look, first of all, the fraud of the night. I called myself the fraud of the night. Um, Tobias Harris in 31 minutes had three points in the game, guys. Tobias Harris in 31 minutes had three points in the game. He shot the ball three times in the entire game. Tobias Harris shot the ball three times in the entire game. I it's it, it's just who he is at this point. It's the, the problem is here's the problem. And I had an argument with somebody in the stupid Facebook group. I don't know why I go in there. But they're, 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 the, the, the Tobias defense is crazy in there because they bring up his average all the time. And I say to them, do you know what the word average means? Do you know what the word average means? If he drops 21 against the Wizards and disappears against good teams, he'll still average 14 or 15. That's not what we need him to do. And I don't care, oh, you, you're always talking about the contract. You're goddamn right I am because he signed the contract and expectations come along with the contract and you, you never lived up to it for all five years. For all five years of the damn contract, you never lived up to it. So what I'm saying is you drop 21 against the Wizards, Whoop the fucking do. We play the Chicago Bulls. You give me three points on one for three? Are you kidding me, Tobias Harris? You got to be joking. Please tell me this was a troll and I was asleep and this game didn't actually happen. But what's even worse than that stat line is a one-point game. The Sixers fight and claw in a terrible shooting game that they had and in a one-point game, Tobias Harris on DeMar DeRozan falls for a pump fake and fouls him on a jump shot, essentially icing the game. So not only did Tobias Harris give you nothing on the offensive end, he literally ended the game by jumping on a pump fake in crunch time and fouling DeMar DeRozan on a jump shot. I didn't want to go that hard at Tobias Harris in this game because I try so hard not to care what he does in these games because you're stuck with the with the last year of the contract. He's just a player, but my problem is he's not even really a 15-point-per-game player. He's not even really a good role player. In important games, he gives you absolutely nothing. There's my rant on Tobias Harris. It's really an unbelievable stat line. Three points in 31 minutes on three field goal attempts. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, what else did I want to say? Did I give all the player of the game? You know what? Player of the game, I'll give it to Kobe White. You know, um... From the jump, from the beginning of this game, I was like, shit. I jinxed us. I talked shit about how bad the Bulls are. I completely didn't even mention Kobe White. He just had 33 a couple of nights ago. 
Uh, he was cooking us in large parts of this game, mostly the first quarter. Him and Joel were going back and forth in the first quarter. I think Joel had 14 in the first. Kobe had 13 or 14 in the first. Uh, he finishes the game with 24. I give the player of the game to Kobe White. Vucevic was a no-show for most of the game until it mattered the most. Fourth quarter, uh, just big shot after big shot after big shot. Joel Embiid again in that fourth. I don't know what happened. He he left Vucevic wide open on pick and pops like five times. The guy was just butt naked. Shout out to uh, Romp, what he says on his damn breakdown videos. He was butt naked open all the time in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, Vucevic can make wide open shots. This shouldn't be a shock to anybody. But it was just a tale of two totally different energies for some reason, you got Joel, you got MVP Joel for three and a half quarters, and then it all came crashing down. Uh, <laughs> I just, what a crazy game to lose. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, I didn't hate what he did. I love that he stepped up in the beginning of that fourth quarter because he was struggling in parts of the game, but he had some nice, very nice plays in in parts of the game. Um, I didn't think he was. He was as bad as everybody else was shooting-wise the first half. Maxi was really the only one uh, kind of showing up next to Joel in that first half. And if you really look at the stat sheet, I mean, everybody besides Joel and Tyrese Maxi just completely stunk it up in this game. I like that Maxi got up 11 three-point attempts. He finished the game 5 for 11 from 3, uh, 9 for 23 from the field. You know, not a great overall percentage uh, from the field, but really 40 from Embiid and 29 from Maxi. If you didn't even watch the game, you just look at the stat line and then you look at the supporting cast and nobody else, nobody else scored 10 points. Nobody else broke double digits, not a single player. Three from Batoon, three from Tobias Harris, six from DeAnthony Melton, two from Robert Covington in 15 minutes and a, a blown wide open layup from Tobias, from uh, Robert Covington. By the way, uh, which I, I said he reverted to, you know, the, his first run in with the Sixers, 2018 Rocco, where he, you know, couldn't make a wide open layup for some reason. Uh, eight from Paul Reed in that stretch in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Paul Reed was keeping us alive. Uh, Kelly Oubre had a horrendous shooting night, um, and and you know I haven't seen Kelly Oubre have that bad of a shooting night since he's really uh, been here. Um, so. It is what it is. He started the game, I think, 0 for 7 uh, from 3. He couldn't buy one. There was one on the left side in the first half where he didn't hit the rim at all, wide open, off the backboard. So he was having a terrible shooting night. But he kept shooting, you know? And uh, that's what I like about Kelly Oubre. Never loses confidence. He's, he's a go-get-it kind of guy. He says that. He says, I'm a go-get-it guy. Uh, and, you know, Joel had a skip pass to him, I think, in the third quarter. Uh, in off of a double team where he skipped it all the way to the corner on the other side of the floor and Ubre hit a three from there. And then when we started making the run in the beginning of the fourth, when Paul Reed was in there, uh, you know, there's a play. And it was right when I was I was in the playback stream and I said, Ubre needs a big time dunk, you know, to get his confidence back right here. And you got like a a Paul Reed offensive rebound or 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 loose ball, control a loose ball and hit Ubre cutting down the middle of the lane for a big dunk and uh, it was exciting. The crowd goes crazy. They cut the lead to one point. That was with Joel on the bench. Uh, and then, you know, for some reason, 
Joel came back in and uh, <laughs> collapsed, man. <laughs> collapsed, and the Sixers lose to the Chicago Bulls 108-104. to uh, What are your takes in the chat? Davon, schoolboy beats. Thanks for the support again, my man. Maxi and Beats showed up. Ubre tried but was off. Yeah, Ubre was just, uh, you know, started the game, like I said, 0 for 7 from 3. Couldn't buy a bucket. Couldn't make a layup. Uh, couldn't get a foul call, I will say that. He's getting, you know, driving to the rim and getting hacked on both arms all the time. And Kelly Ubre just uh, doesn't get any love from officials. Uh, but it was, it was frustrating. Most of the game was frustrating. The Sixers stuck in there and fought and clawed while having a terrible shooting night and still, you know, almost won the game. I just, I can't be too mad at Joel because the only reason we were in the game was his 36 points in the first three quarters. It's just crazy that he came back in the game and we thought he was going to continue that and, you know, lead us to victory. And he basically completely collapsed uh, kind of along with, with everybody else. Oh, that, 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 this game, this game sucked. <laughs> this game sucked. Um, Let's go through my notes, man, and then I'll be out of here. So Joel starts the game hot. He gets Vucevic in foul trouble, 2,000 in the first four minutes. We were up, you know, the Bulls went on a couple of runs in the first half that were so damn frustrating because we started the game, what, 16 to 4. We started the game 16 to 4. And we thought we were going to smack this team like I predicted we were going to smack this team. Uh turns out I ended up being completely wrong. The for the rest of the first half the Bulls went on like a 49 to 20 something. I don't know what it was. Uh Caruso had a big block on Maxi in the first half. Caruso uh you know trying out for his future team the Sixers no probably not but maybe that would be cool he's probably gonna go the price is probably too high there uh the Bulls went on a 14 to 2 run after we go up 16 to 4 16 to 4 the Bulls went on a 14 to 2 run and it was Kobe White giving us work 13 first quarter points for Kobe White man and he was top of the key three elbow jumper driving left side driving right side high off the glass Kobe White was giving us work in the first quarter. Uh, we had no offense to start the second quarter. The Bulls go on a 22-2 run in six minutes. Another crazy play by Caruso uh, was a play where he shuts down Maxi on the offensive end. Maxi kicks it to Beverly. Caruso clamps Beverly on the baseline and then steals the ball from Robert Covington. Goes all the way to the other end of the floor. And finishes for an and one. There were so many ugly parts of the game for the Sixers in the in the first half. And it was really just Joel was the only one cooking in the first half. Joel was the only one getting anything going. And like I said, it's hard to be mad at Joel for the overall outcome of the game because he collapsed so hard in the last five minutes. But if Joel didn't drop 36 and three quarters, we would have been down by 36 in the first three quarters. So, you know, somebody was in the playback chat saying Joel's being a ball hog and, uh, you know, how's anyone else supposed to get in a rhythm when he's shooting, you know, uh, ended the game with 28 field goal attempts, but nobody else could make a damn shot. Crafty knee 
I ranted my face off on Tobias Harris the first couple of minutes. This so make sure make sure you go back and watch the beginning of this stream. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably clip it out and post it on TikTok and Instagram just for some views, and uh, or you can you could uh, tomorrow morning you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify also if you want to hear the Tobias Harris rant. But it is there. Don't you worry. It is there. But the story really was like. You know, somebody said Joel was being a ball hog in the first half, and I'm like, dude, look at the shooting percentages of everybody else. Nobody else can make a shot. He has to, he has to do what he's doing right now. Nobody else could score. Uh, and then, you know, he just came in and collapsed the last five minutes. It was just a crazy turn of events. Crazy turn of events. I didn't see it coming. Uh, scored 40, but gave up 29 to Vooch. A lot of that was in that fourth quarter, man. Joel was was not getting out on the pick and pop, and Vucevic was wide open a lot. So I feel you. You're not wrong about that, Sue. You're not wrong about that at all. Uh, end of the second quarter, DeRozan and Joel were going midi for midi. It was a mid-range jump shot contest. Uh, it was entertaining. But uh, third quarter, Joel hit. Joel hit. Uh, Where's it? What was the? What was the stretch? In the game where the referees were just... I couldn't figure out what the hell they were doing. Okay, here it is. I just remembered. I just remembered. Because I've ranted before about how much NBA officials cannot get this flopping call correct. And why did anybody think they would be able to get this flopping call correct? The NBA starts this season and says, Hey, we're going to start calling technical fouls on flops. And I'm like, are you kidding me? NBA referees can't even call fouls correctly. How the hell are they going to know what's a flop and what's not, right? So Joel gets Drummond on the block early in the game, maybe second quarter-ish. Gives him not even a hard shoulder, just a dribble, turns towards the basket, and Drummond does the biggest Andre Drummond flop I've ever seen. I thought they gave him a technical foul for flopping. Turns out they called him bead for a charge, which was just the weakest charge call I've ever seen. A couple of plays later, Joel Embiid crosses over Vucevic so hard with that Iverson-esque step back that Vucevic flies into the front row and they called a technical foul for flopping on Vucevic for getting crossed over so hard that he fell into the front row. <laughs> that is just the weirdest sequence of NBA officials having no fucking idea how to call a flop and how to not call a flop. I knew the idea of calling flops technical fouls would be a disaster for the NBA because refs can't get the calls right in the first place, and it's as bad as I predicted it was going to be. And it is just so funny that an NBA official is so bad at knowing what a flop is and what it isn't that Vucevic gets crossed over so hard that he falls and gets a technical foul for flopping. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. You can't make that up. You can't make up getting crossed over so hard that you got teed up for flopping. That is, that's impressive for, for NBA officials to be that bad. And Joel Embiid, for Joel Embiid to have a crossover step back like that is still uh, just unbelievable. Uh, by the end of the third, nobody could buy a bucket. Ubre was 0 for 6 from 3 at the time. Uh, Maxi made the run in the beginning of the fourth. 
Uh, Ubre hit the big three in the corner off the skip pass from Joel. We make it a fight. We make it a battle. Here's the last couple of plays of the game. Okay. Tobias blocks DeRozan. Good defense on DeRozan from Tobias late in the fourth quarter, but saves the ball back to DeRozan and they get a bucket out of it. You know, that's fundamentals one-on-one, but you don't save the ball on the other team's side of the floor. They teach you that in elementary school. Uh, Caruso, Caruso uh, harassing Maxi. Maxi baits him into a foul. I liked what Maxi was doing with Caruso, and I like for Maxi to go against Caruso. You know that was that was a good a good experience for Tyrese being guarded one on one by Alex Caruso, especially in crunch time. And I thought Maxi handled it well, and I thought he did some great things on him. He hit the step back three on him, but. One of the savvy experience things that stood out to me uh, that Maxi did in that in that situation was Caruso was really harassing him around screens and really playing physical, and Maxi was getting pissed off, and he got the ball at one point and drove in the lane on Caruso and really baited him into a foul because he knew how physical Caruso was playing, and that's like a savvy veteran move from from uh, Tyrese Maxi, and I really like that drawing fouls on a guy that's playing aggressive defense. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Maxi for that. Maxi hits a three off a screen with 30 seconds left. I think that made it a one point game. And then we came back down and Tobias Harris jumps on a pump fake and basically ends the game. And then we, we, we come back down two. I think DeRozan missed one of the free throws, right? We're down, uh, three, two, uh, Maxi drops it off to Embiid and he, try, I don't know what the hell the shot was. Halfway hook shot, loses the ball. It is what it is, man. Uh, Morris didn't play. He uh, he was sick or he was... Uh, I forget what they said about Marcus Morris, but he was inactive uh, to start the game. He was not there. So, uh, you know, that's why he didn't play. We definitely could have used Marcus Morris in segments of this game. We did lose uh, Nicholas Batum in the first half, and I don't think he ever came back, really, right? So, and... Batum had some huge plays in the first half, just dumping the ball to Joel Embiid under the basket. And Batum is such a good entry pass player. He's so good at playing the high-low and getting the ball to Joel in a perfect spot under the rim. He makes Joel's job so easy. Nicholas Batum almost has a James Harden ability as far as dropping the ball down under the basket in the in the perfect spot to to get Joel kind of moving towards the rim and get him the easiest shot possible. And then it seems like as soon as uh, Batum went out and didn't come back in, I think it was in the third quarter, everything kind of changed there too. So that that could be you know something that really hurt us losing Batum. I still didn't see what happened, uh, why he went to the locker room and didn't come back. Um, but, you know, you still got to finish that game, man. And Joel had such a dominant three quarters. And for him to come back in the, in the last five minutes... And first of all, with four fouls, he comes back in the game and reaches right away and gets a fifth foul. That's ridiculous. And just didn't have it down the stretch. But that's it. That's it, man. That's it. I don't know what else to say. I'll read the chat for a while, and then I'll I'll get out of here. We are sickos. 197 people in here. Please do me a favor. Close out the chat and hit the like button one time. I would appreciate that. Uh, What a ridiculous loss for the Sixers. Uh, and I completely, I completely jinxed it, man. It's all my fault. Cause I said, they're going to, 
uh, take care of the Bulls, no problem. Uh, they end up losing the game, and I know what the narrative is going to be from all the fan bases of other teams is that the Sixers beat up a bunch of bad teams, and now you know they can't win against anybody good. But we get the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday. That's going to be fun. Uh, Kevin Machafo. Embiid never playing the fourth and us blowing teams out may hurt our late game executions. That's a great point, Kevin. You might be right about that. You know, with playing seven games in a row, basically, where you blew everybody out and Embiid didn't play the fourth quarter. Yeah, you you might be right that we get in a situation here where we need you to come back with five minutes left and we need, uh, you know, everybody to be on the right page and uh, like running the right sets and the chemistry to be there and everything and yet, you know what? I said there was just a weird energy when Joel came back in the game and it and it felt like it felt like a negative and a negative battery being pushed together, you know, it just won't go together. It just felt off. And yeah, that that that's that could have a lot to do with the fact that you know, we uh we've been sitting out fourth quarters against bad teams for a while. Uh, crafty knee. If Laurie's on this team, I think we will be true contenders. Spacing would be crazy. He shoots 53% from three. Yeah. The, the Sixers, I unfortunately, I don't think have what it takes to get Laurie marketing. Uh, Drummond was pumped. They won tonight. <laughs> Who should have got the last shot? Joel and B. Are there, pe- if there's people in the chat saying that Joel and B shouldn't have taken the last shot, they are, smoking dust. I don't know what to tell you guys. The only reason you are in the game is because Joel Embiid was dominating for three quarters, 36 points, couldn't miss a mid-range shot to save his life. There's nobody else on the team that should have had the last shot. I don't care what anybody says. If they disagree with that, it is what it is. Uh, I didn't watch the game. was at work, but was looking at the box score. Pretty much tells me the story of the game. Third highest points from the Sixers was Paul Reed with eight that's an L. Yeah, death smile. It went like that from the very uh, start of the game. That's how it, that's how it started. Was uh, Joel was the only one that could get anything going in the in the entire first half, and the, the rest of the Sixers team was they were nine for twenty seven in the first half. They, everybody else in the squad, uh, the entire supporting cast was bad for three quarters. It's just funny because then in the fourth quarter, the supporting cast starts to get it going and make a run and Joel comes in and he's the one that's bad when he comes back in. So it was a total just 180 of events. But what can you do, man? What can you do? Uh, I knew this wasn't going to be an easy game. Bulls been playing solid the last few games with Zach out. You're absolutely right. That's why I gave myself the fraud of the night because I haven't been paying attention to the Bulls and I was completely unaware and, uh, I, I, I wasn't ready for this one. I wasn't ready for the Bulls to take us out like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, boy, Sixers, sickos. You know it. You know it, buddy. Uh, questions, comments, hot takes in the chat, whatever you want to do, man. Let's read it, and then uh, let's read it, and then we'll get up out of here. All right? Shout out to everybody. Uh, Jesus said, I guess I'm smoking dust. Maxi floater for the win. Um, I mean, they ran a two-man game. Maxi... Maxie had the ball in his hands, you know, he made the read. Maxie's the one that made the read off of the, off of the screen. Maxie's the one that dumped it down to Joel. You know, if they play Joel tighter on that screen and Maxie has a one-on-one or gets some space, I'm sure he does shoot that floater. But if you watch the play, he comes around the screen and, you know, really drop the ball off because 
They doubled him and left Joel wide open. I think Maxie made the right play. I think that ball's supposed to go to Joel. And uh, I just don't know what the hell the shot was. Because <laughs> Joel made mid-range after mid-range after mid-range all damn night. And then just gets stuck in between a hook shot and a jump shot and lost the ball. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, Joel should have taken that last shot from the foul line instead of drive to the basket. That's a good call. That might be a good call, Peter. Peter, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for hanging out. And yeah, if you, you know, if Joel stops around the free throw line, which he was doing all night, they were running that two-man game all night, and he was stopping at the free throw line and shooting it. You're probably right. If he stopped at that free throw line instead of trying to go all the way in, maybe he gets the wide open uh, jumper and wins the game for us right there. But at the end of the day, we lost because, you know, nobody could buy a bucket for the first three quarters. That's really why he lost. We were in the game because Joel had 36 and three quarters. We didn't pull it out. Uh, Vucevic killed us at the end. Uh, DeRozan killed us at the end. Tobias Harris killed us at the end. Uh, you know, I want Padum to play the MPJ role. We'd be so much better. He just needs spacing for him. He can't just sit wing. I don't know how well Batum can move at, at this point of his career to play an MPJ role, but uh, I, <laughs> I I like what Batum does. I just, you know, he left the game in the third quarter for some reason. I still didn't really hear why. Uh, what else? We make a trade for a solid shooting big or a space creator for second rotation and for Batum to get more spacing. and um, We desperately need another ball handler. Very obvious on our eight losses in the season. I thought Patrick Beverly made some plays, but I would, you know, I love Patrick Beverly's attitude and the way that he plays the game and everything, but I can't disagree with you. I would probably like another ball handler on the team. Uh, maybe a defensive ball handler like an Alex Caruso. Uh, but Patrick Beverly had some nice plays in, in some situations when he was in there when we needed a little bit of something. Uh, especially when you weren't getting anything from Kelly Oubre in those bench lineups. Um, but, you know, just an overall terrible shooting night from start to finish for everybody not named Joel Embiid. And then Joel comes back in a game of five minutes left and, and <laughs> completely collapsed. But uh, it is what it is, man. We got the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday. I want to beat this team. I want, I want, I want everybody to play. I want everybody to be healthy. I want Gobert and Towns and everybody. I want it to be a, a, a full slate matchup. And I want to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday. I cannot believe we just lost to the Chicago Bulls in the fashion that we did. But if you just tuned in and you haven't heard my take on Tobias Harris in this game, go ahead and rewatch this stream as soon as, soon as it's done. And you're going to hear that in the beginning of it. First couple of minutes, I think. Or you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify also. Uh, we'll be up there. Shout out to Aura for sponsoring the channel. Go to Aura.com slash run it back to start your two-week free trial and uh, protect your online identity. And I'm up out of here, man. Thank you guys for being here. Hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. All those things. I appreciate each and every one of you. We are sickos for even watching this game during an Eagles Monday night game against the Seattle Seahawks. But we can't help it, man.